It was the 17th of June, 2005, when 56-year-old Doug Harlow stepped up to the microphone. You know, this really sucks, not having a voice. But it's, it's, a, it's a message to everybody who can hear this voice now. Don't smoke. Earlier that year, doctors had found cancer on Doug's vocal cords. In order to stay alive, he would have to lose his voice. So while a friend monitored the recording, Doug said some things to his family that he'd never be able to say again. I love you, Mary Lou. Love you. Love you guys. Love you, Johnny. Love you, Georgia. Love you, Mary Lou. I love you, Mary Lou. Here, Sadie. Come on, Sadie. It's been eight years. There's a new dog. Can you sit? Good boy. Would you like to be in a radio documentary? And the throat cancer is gone. A simple yes or no will do. Doug came home from the hospital without vocal cords. That's because surgeons had removed his entire larynx, which is the organ of sound production. They cut a small hole at the base of his throat to allow him to breathe. And to speak, doctors handed him something called an electrolarynx. It was black, palm-sized, and battery-powered. I remember it being like a, a foreign appendage, something that was a machine that I was supposed to be able to talk with through. I didn't give myself any choice. You're gonna, you're gonna learn how to use it, and then you're gonna go back to work. And that was it. Doug is 5'11", with brown eyes. His gaze is direct. The number 13 is tattooed on his left hand, which he applied himself with pencil lead and cigarette ash. This is the hand he speaks with. There's another couple buttons for Mitch. Up and down. So I could drink in a lower voice. I speak in a higher voice. Not easy to use. It's exhausting. Doug wears his electrolarynx around his neck on a black cord. He'll hold it flush against his throat, and with the push of a button, the voice box vibrates. Kind of like his vocal cords used to. Ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. It's not an unpleasant sound, but you'd never mistake it for a human voice. One of the first times Doug was out in public, he went to a Mr. Paperback bookstore. He approached a female clerk whose back was turned, and... I approached her, saying, uh, can you help me? She turned around, screamed, and ran into a bathroom, slammed the door shut. I said, great, I've got a lifetime of this shit. Doug rebounded quickly. He returned to work at the Morning Sentinel five weeks after his surgery. His colleagues wondered if he'd keep reporting or take a silent post behind the copy desk. When Doug made interview calls, sources hung up on him. They accused him of making a prank phone call. Colin Hickey sat directly across from him. And this would just drive Doug crazy. Because, you know, he couldn't do his job. He couldn't get the information. And there were points where He'd ask me, can you make the call? Hey, my colleague has a mechanical voice. You've been hanging up on him. So when he calls next, 
Just hold on and you'll get used to it. Doug kept calling. And eventually, he stopped asking Colin for help. Eventually, and I don't know if it was weeks, I don't know if it was months, but eventually, this artificial voice started to sound, it started to sound like Doug again. I finally learned how to use this thing and how to, uh, you know, throw in an, an inflection. These days, Doug is one of the paper's busiest reporters. He interviews cops and criminals and listens to the police scanner for activity. When he calls for information, the detectives understand his questions. Sheriff's Department is back tomorrow. Good afternoon, Doug Arlow calling. Hey. How'd you anyway? What, what, you recognize my voice? Yes, sir. So, what do you need today? We haven't had anything much going on. Yeah, well, that's my question. Um, <laughs> I already anticipated it. Well, I... I did. All right, well, that's good news. Thank you. Doug is navigating life just fine with a voice box. He can say anything he wants to, but that doesn't mean he's always heard. It's changed the way he relates to people. Even his wife of 27 years, Mary Lou. I'm still talking the way that I always spoke when he had a voice, too. So it is something that I have to try to keep in mind, even like during an argument giving him the opportunity to argue back because I can get louder than what he can. So that kind of stuff is, is, is real. It is what it is. Not that I ever intend to do it, but I do do it. What do you do when you're not being heard? I shut up, and that's not like me. You know, I used to be uh, outspoken a lot more than I am now because I cannot be heard and if I can be heard and I'm not gonna say it um it's frustrating at times it makes me angry at times still parties or loud restaurants can get discouraging there's a lot Doug wants to say but he ultimately depends on technology to say it it's the only thing I am it's the only way that I can speak and that's kind of weird if you slow down for a minute and think about that. You know, when the power goes out finally and fully, when the mountain meets the sea and Armageddon, I'm not going to have batteries. And then I will be silent. But Doug is far from silent. He's still heard because he's still here. I knew I would survive. Because the last thing I want to do is die. My kids wouldn't have had a father. My wife wouldn't have had a husband. So I chose life. And this is what it sounds like. For Salt Radio, I'm Emily Kwong.